0: You want to know what's one of the most misunderstood things about serving in the military, especially if you're active duty. You can't have any other passions or hobbies while doing so. And I hear that all the time. I heard that whenever I entered the Navy. I heard that at the Naval Academy. And I hear that now while being in recruiting. So many people walk through the door and say, oh, but I'm going to have to sacrifice X, Y, or Z, and it's completely untrue. Check out my resume. I'm proof of it that you don't have to give up any of these passions or hobbies while serving your country, and my special guest today is proof of that. I met Arabia Shanklin, at the Naval Academy. We were on the track team together. We ran varsity track at the Naval Academy and she has always just been this ray of sunshine. And her resume is anything but extremely impressive, guys. Like she is so incredible. Lieutenant Arabia Shanklin serves now as a human resources officer at Navy Region Southwest and performs Also, as a professional and TV film actress in San Diego, California. Mind you, still active duty, which is incredible. Arabia commissioned as a service warfare officer and has deployed to the Caribbean, Mediterranean, Western Pacific, Indian Ocean, and Arabian Gulf. She has been featured in Vogue magazine as one of the generation's trailblazing black service women and is highlighted in the Proudly She Served Traveling Art exhibition honoring military women who exemplify courage, strength, and selfless service. Arabia is the co-founder of the United States Naval Academy Minority Association and recently won the 2020 Best Actress in San Diego Award by Black San Diego Magazine. Guys, we're going to be getting into how to balance your passions while serving active duty. It can be done, and we are going to tell you how. Let's dive in. You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we're setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall, pageant runner up, model, speaker, entrepreneur, pageant queen, and U.S. Navy lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome to the show, Misunderstood. We've got Arabia Essence, which sounds to me like a star name. So you are destined to be (laughs) in the acting
1: community. I'm so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing, Arabia? I'm doing great, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so motivated and inspired to share some golden nuggets today.
0: We have got the nuggets, that's for sure. I feel like I'm always asked like these questions about balancing passions in the military, and I didn't even realize it was something that was that unique
1: (laughs) (laughs) like I'm just kind of like
0: why would you not have passions outside the military but then people were like whoa that's crazy and then I found you and your hustle well I've known you forever but still I saw you and your acting and I was like whoa like she's just like me she's out there hustling and I feel like we have this community of people in the navy that have all of these like outside hustles and we were like slowly building this community together so how to pick your brain today, because a
1: lot of people are going to want to know your knowledge. Absolutely. And, you know, I think for us, it's innate. It's inherent to us to do this and that. And I think that the tips that we'll provide today will motivate people to try out, step out on faith and do it.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Well, to give a little background to our audience, Arabia and I have known each other for Eight years. Yeah. I can't even remember now. Yeah, since the Naval Academy, we're on the track team together back in the day. Woo, go Navy. Yes, and I was always drawn to you because you had this like spunky, charismatic personality and you're always so sweet. And now well, why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about your journey and how you've joined the Navy, entered the Navy, and then also ultimately landed into acting. just
1: crazy. It is. And it's actually such a funny story. So I'm from a small little steel mill town in Superville, Ohio. And I ran track in high school and I was getting recruited to run track at a couple universities. And when I was in my Georgetown official visit, my dad, he picked me up after a weekend of partying and he saw my face of how excited I was, but yet tired. And he drove me up to the quote unquote, little boat school on the water. That was my first exposure to the Naval Academy. My dad was such a hype man for me. So we ended up meeting the coach. And I was back within the next month on my official track visit. So with NCAA, you only get three official visits. I started my admissions process like the week after I got back to Ohio because I knew that was a place for me. I was raised with enlisted family members. So I was like, This is what I'm destined to do. This is what I'm destined to be. Anyway, so then went to the academy. Of course, we ran track together. I majored in economics, minored in Chinese, commissioned as a surface warfare officer, deployed three times, Lord of mercy. (laughs) Three times. Three times, girl. In that short amount of time, too. Oh, my gosh. It was back to back to back. And I think, to be honest with you, that probably helped catalyst me into pursuing my other passions as well. Because once I got back from a deployment, I just want to do everything else but. So right, (laughs) mm -hmm. then I got stationed here in San Diego, California with my, at the time, fiance. And I started working for the admiral in charge of the largest expeditionary strike group in the world. So we traveled everywhere. And at the conclusion of that tour, I finally applied to the HR community, got picked up, and then who would have known it? Kelly Hall in my class as we learn the professional human resources, knowledge, <laughs> and education. But I say all that to say, when I got stationed in San Diego, I was out on the town with two of my girlfriends and a producer came up to me and she's like, have you ever acted before? And I said, yeah, in middle school, I was in a play. It was called, I once was a zucchini, but then I got squashed and <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said that to an actual like director or producer. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I was so green, Cal. I was so green. (laughs) Funny enough, she was a female, female Cameroonian producer. So I didn't even know this was a thing, right? And she said, I was watching you when you entered and your whole aura... Reminds me of this character I wrote about. Do you mind auditioning for this TV series? And I said, heck yeah, I'm not scared. (laughs) So that was. Hey, you missed 100% shot of the shots you don't take. So you might as well. Exactly. I tried it. I booked it. And I am now a member of the casting crew for the Mayflower series, which is a TV series here in San Diego, California. Oh my gosh. Wait, how long ago was this?
0: girl that was two two and a half years okay two and a half years ago you booked the very first show you were ever approached on that's wild because I know now especially being in LA I have all these friends here in like connects who are hustling just to get a show where like get on someone's radar and you had someone approach you and you told them you used to be a zucchini (laughs) That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. That's probably why she loved you because you were like, oh, I was a zucchini and I got squashed. She was like, I need this girl.
1: My oh, show. my God. We, anyway. that, listen, they strive for that authenticity. They want that. Oh, I love know? that.
0: You know what, though? It is it is so true. Like, And we're, we are going to get into tips, I promise. But there's some things that can't be taught and some things yeah. that get overcoached or overtaught. And when you talk about that greenness, like it comes to anything in like entertainment, whether it's acting, pageantry, modeling, like remove yourself from coaching or being overcoached. That's just my little tip to everyone as a caveat, because I think that's one thing that helps me in pageantry and even helps me now, like even in podcasting is like, you're not overthinking it. You're just bringing like your energy to it. And I think like you mentioned, Because our jobs are so demanding in the Navy, like I just bring all of that, like, excitable, positive energy, like, to that like to the extras outside which makes me very green and like happy because I'm like this is fun what are you talking about like this isn't demanding at all you're telling me to hold a tissue and I get paid for it woohoo like I'm <laughs> thrilled to be here exactly you know, when exactly. you're around other models and they're like oh this is so exhausting I'm like do you want to know exhausting I've had to stand on a watch floor in the middle of the South China to see this is nothing <laughs> <laughs> it really does change your perspective. I'm going to mention your extensive list of works in your bio, but let's get into some of these tips because I feel like I have quite a few members, whether it's listeners, followers, or just people who are looking to be mentored. And Number one, they either didn't know you could even have passions or pursue anything outside the military. And I think that you and I having a platform and speaking out, we're proving that you can, you know, so slowly, but surely that's becoming a norm in the military in general. It's still something that I feel like we get pushback a lot for, like it's still different and weird. But for those of you who do want to dip your toe in the pool of possibility, we are going to help you navigate around that. So what would you say, Ribia, is one of the very first things that's important if you are looking to dive into a passion, but you're active duty or you're in the military?
1: For me, I've come to discover that having clear communication with your family and friends around you that you actually do want to dip your toe into something new or something that you've been waiting on. Like me, when I was on deployment, I was waiting on trying something else new to help me best balance that military structured lifestyle and the life outside of the military. So having that communication with the people around you, letting them know, hey, I'm going to try this out because this helps them support you. This helps them understand why you may not have enough time to talk to them. And they want to help you, they want to empower you. So having that clear communication with your family and friends about the pursuit of these hobbies is like key. Yeah, I completely agree.
0: I wasn't really considering doing Miss California USA. I thought I was done, I was gonna hang up pageantry and then I met Austin he was the one that kind of pitched the idea to me. And then I was kind of like, that's great, sweetheart, but you don't really understand like the work that goes into it. Like I did that when I was single and it was kind of like a rinse, repeat situation for me. Like go to work, practice, work out, talk to coaches, go to sleep, repeat, you know, now he's in my my life and I still have to do all of those things, but somehow like fit him into the equation. So I agree that communication with your loved ones is so key because I mean if you want to like pursue this chapter with me like I I want your buy-in cuz I don't want to do it halfway I want to do it 120% that means not always giving you my full attention or sometimes neglecting our date nights or not being able to eat the crap food on Fridays when you want pizza but I was like I need the dedication from both of us and Luckily, he's wonderful. And he was like, Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm in it. I'm invested and supports that. But you're right. The communication with your loved ones, first and foremost, is huge because it's so demanding doing things outside the military, whether it's running a podcast or it's acting or it's modeling or it's hiking or triathlons, whatever it is, like you're doing it outside of that. It's not just a nine to five job. (laughs) Like the military is not nine to five. So that in itself is a commitment and you're adding to that plate even more so.
1: Right. And you have to be honest with yourself, Kelly, right? You can't do it all. We can't follow every passion or dream that we want, right? And you have to be very specific and intentional behind the hobbies that you pursue that you eventually may want to be a professional at. So there's these internal and external expectations that you know, that we strive to be perfect or we want to reach this certain level of status. But honestly, if you are passionate about it and you're willing to prioritize and communi- communicate your priorities with your loved ones, and one major point that we have to hit on is communicating with our chain of command. Since we are in the military, we have to communicate with our chain of command. For me, prior to signing the contract with any production team i always make sure that my command public affairs officer is aware of what i'm going to pursue and just to make sure there's no conflict of interest what have you seen
0: oh yeah conflict of interest is a is a big keyword there 100% i am in constant communication with my public affairs officer like they know who i am sometimes before i even get into the command Because if I'm working on a project and I'm about to check into a command, I will email my PIO and be like, hi, by the way, I'm Lieutenant Hall. I'm about to check in in October, but I have X, Y, and Z coming up. Just wanted to let you know. So that way, InterD Los Angeles, you know, is not getting an email from someone saying like, why is one of your... Officers participating in in this, so just as an example, well, number one, doing pageantry, I always had to get approval from the secretary of the navy. It was crazy, like that wasn't just to like participate in like a state pageant. That was if I were to have won a state pageant, the level it would have reached, like I would have gone to Miss USA, which would have been on Fox, which would have been media attention which would have been two weeks off, which would have been if, if I won Miss USA, it would have been a year off and I would have taken my like gap year in the military. Like it's not always like the implication of what you're doing right now. It's the implication of what it would be later. And that's why you need that approval. I, t- I told you about this. I'm just applying for Sports Illustrated. Like I'm a hopeful. I haven't been, I haven't gotten a call back. I haven't communicated with the editor in chief. Like I'm just over here. Like I'm just hoping and dreaming, you know, and I (laughs) submit, I'm just, you know, dieting and doing my abs and praying for the gods to look my way. That's about it. But I submitted a video just like any other hopeful And you submit a 60-second video about why you would be good for Sports Illustrated. But me, with my background and my public affairs knowledge, I knew even mentioning the Navy, like toss it past my PAO. So I, I was driving home. I mentioned it to my PAO. He's pretty used to me always being up to something. So he was like, oh, Lieutenant Hall again. Like, what's up this time? Well, this is my vision. Like, this is why I want to do it. I'm going to do it all with good taste. And he was like, I don't see any problem with it. So I went ahead and shared my video. And my video, fortunately, got a lot of views online. This was back in August, which is super exciting. And so I had reached over 10,000 views in about 24 to 48 hours. But long story short, ChenFo, which is the head public affairs office in DC, had, you know, seen my video in some way or another online, because social media, obviously, period. And they sent that video to the JAG at CNRC, which is the head of Navy recruiting. So then that JAG, which is a lawyer, for those of you, of you who don't know that it's a lawyer in the Navy. So then that lawyer sent then that video to my commanding officer and they had dissected every single aspect of my video. And ultimately they decided they were like, Lieutenant Hall has not done anything to discredit the military or discredit the Navy. It was all done in good faith. Good. Yay. But moving forward, she would need CNO approval to move on with Sports Illustrated. So I'm not even like selected, I've got a callback. They could never even see my name, like who knows, but I already have to submit the paperwork to even like be in Sports Illustrated. So it's sometimes not even like the small things you're doing right now, like you might see this as like, oh, I'm just acting in a little like side play in this, like whatever, it's like what it could become that's why you need that approval and just communicate. Cause once your chain of command is behind you, like now my chain of command is aware. They were aware when I was doing pageants, they had full support and they were cheering me on and they heard my side of the story. So they weren't worried about me doing things for the wrong reasons. They knew why I was doing it. And that, I really always appreciated that. I've had great, great chain of command. Well, actually with that, I think we should backtrack because one of the very first things I, we should have mentioned was why to begin with, why, why is it even worth doing all this? Like people are like, well, I won't even do paperwork. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not going to do anything outside the military now. You've scared me off. But like, why is it important to have these passions and pursue them outside of the Navy? Because it is work. Like it is hard balancing all of this. What do you think,
1: Arabia? Two main things. One, it helps me decompress. And it ensures that I am able to do something different. I don't like the same regular regular type of routine in my regular life. regular <laughs> <laughs> And then secondly, being able to pursue your passions outside of the military can help catalyst a creative thought process. And when you're able to creatively make decisions based on what you may have acquired by doing that hobby, by painting, by utilizing that left side of your brain, right? Ultimately, you can come back and be a better leader. You can be a better role model. You can help inspire other sailors that are under your command or your fellow shipmates to try it out or aspire to be like you. So one, you got to decompress. So you use these hobbies to decompress. And two, it helps catalyst my creative thought process. What about you, Cal? Decompress is huge because I feel like I legitimately
0: have these like switches in my brain that I'm like turning off and on. As I get older, I see like just how transparent that is because I'll go from like workout mode and I'm like super stimulated, workout mode. I'm talking with Craig. I'm getting jazzed. I'm like, yeah, like Sports Illustrated, goals, fitness, woohoo! And then I'm like, boom, Navy. Like, but during that time, I like wasn't thinking about the Navy, you know? And then the Navy, like, oh my gosh, evals and rankings and like all the stuff that goes into like the Navy and being officer in charge. I'm not thinking about my podcast. I'm not thinking about modeling. I'm not thinking about Sports Illustrated. Like I'm pouring into that, and then I'm switching it, and then I'm like fresh for my podcast. But although that sounds exhausting, it's shifting my energy in different ways and it's keeping me fresh for all of those things. I kid you not, like whenever I started doing pageantry, I think, I mean, people probably still like roll their eyes and they're like, oh, what does pageantry have to do with the Navy? And you're right. Nothing. Like it has nothing to do with the Navy. But someday studies will prove (laughs) that they go like hand in hand. Like I kid you not. Aside from boot camp and drill, like these girls are already very militaristic and disciplined. But like the skills I learned by doing pageantry, which was the self-branding, the marketing, the public speaking, you know, the confidence that it built in me, like it just developed to these different things because I pushed myself outside my comfort zone. That all helped me in Navy recruiting. The personal branding I learned on Instagram, which you use in pageantry to help get yourself out in front of the judges before ever stepping on stage. You use social media as a tool. So that way judges will look at your social media and they'll be like, wow, look how impressive she is. She does X, Y, and Z. That's so cool. I really like her as a front runner. Well, I learned that and then I started applying that to my Navy account and I started using that same sales pitch as if my recruits or my, my market was my judges. Like what would my audience want? And I teach that in the Navy now I've taught over a thousand sailors, probably more about how I use social media for recruiting. And they all ask me, where did you learn this? I didn't go to school. I didn't go to UCLA for it. I didn't take a Navy class. I learned it through Miss Ohio USA. Like, what? Like, I learned it through pageantry. But it's like all of those different skills, just like having a podcast or acting or public speaking, it is making you a better naval officer, a better sailor is making you sharper. But you have to do sometimes the harder, scarier things in order to better equip you as a sailor or as a leader. 100%. So for the skeptics out there, (laughs) <laughs> we just squashed all the rumors and that's what's misunderstood <laughs> good night <laughs> and we're done <laughs> cut and, pass and print and <laughs> pass over. so on that note um you know we're mentioning a lot of things that's probably giving people anxiety because they're like how do you do so much I don't understand you're right we do do a lot and it stresses me out sometimes last night I was so stressed And overwhelmed because I'm going through like this whole podcast reproduction and it was mission day and like Sports Illustrated is still going. And I just needed to like sit. And Austin was like, do you want to do something? And I was like, no, (laughs) I was like, I literally just need to like sit here to the point where I didn't even want to move to the next bedroom to watch Dancing with the Stars on the TV Uh, that actually worked because I just like needed to sit. So like it happens, you're human beings and you need to sit. But what are your tips to (laughs) to make it all work so that way you can balance your passions and your full-time career in the Navy?
1: One thing you kind of led with was like the fact that you had to time manage. So being able to time manage what you did yesterday, right? You were able to set a priority and then manage your time accordingly. And for me, with acting, with being a naval officer, with now this whole I'm writing policy on inclusion and diversity, I have to make prioritization as well as I need to share those things with, of course, like I said before, family and friends, right? So for my husband who lives in my house, I share a Google Calendar with him. And it's easier for us to kind of de-conflict Our schedules where he doesn't have to pick up the phone or he doesn't have to send me a text to figure out what I'm doing or if we're available, if he wants to do like a date night or what have you. So I highly recommend sharing your calendar with your loved ones that you trust. In order, in order to help facilitate deconfliction. And one thing that I, I talked to you about before, I do a data dump. So on Sundays, that's my day to data dump in like a journal. And I kind of set my priorities, like prioritizing the Navy first, of course, because that's my mission. We have missions to accomplish in the Navy. And then I start to fill my calendar with the hobbies and things that'll make me happy throughout a week time frame. So not just short-term planning, but also long-term planning. But if I do that data dump on Sundays, it actually helps me go to bed because I'm like, oh wow, I'm ready for the week.
0: Do you have a planner you recommend or you just do this in like a notebook?
1: Girl, I use the Navy Steno pads, which I don't recommend. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> this Navy regulation Girl. boring pad? Pat oh. on, pat on, pat on, pat. I got like 10 of them. In Never my mind.
0: I thought you were going to say something super creative. Like, I see these influencers with like these color codes, and I, that's what I need to do. Right. Like, when I talk about time management, like, I see them with like, their stickers and their highlighters, and I'm like, ooh, wow. And that's what everyone's expecting me to say that I have, <laughs> but
1: I don't. I don't have that
0: kind of time management system.
1: So. <laughs> I don't either. So, I'm, but we're still making it work somehow. Putting my head above
0: the water. I'm sure
1: whoever is listening is gonna send us a note on their preferred time management journal.
0: (laughs) Much appreciated. Thanks. To help us out. I think I think for me the data dumping is good. I do a review on Sundays of my schedule. One of the Best pieces of advice I've ever gotten was actually Chloe Staub. Do you remember Chloe? She was on cross-country team. She's now Chloe Morgan. But, anyways, she's a Naval Academy grad and she was a year older than me. And when I was a freshman, a plebe, she said, work hard, play harder. And that means something very different when you're at the Naval Academy. Because we didn't go to Ohio State. Like we're, we're not talking about play harder being 17 shots. We mean like, ooh, we actually get to go like out in town, grab a Starbucks, get a pizza, like woohoo. But I always resonated with that because I would just kill myself during the week, but then relax on the weekends and like come back, be fresh. And I still do that to this day. I don't work on the weekends. My time is very, very valuable with Austin, with Dale, my puppy. And even like my passions, if it's very rare that I'm doing um, modeling shoots on a Saturday very, very rare. I mean, I usually will do them either like in the evenings or Sunday, Sunday evenings. I'll do that too. If I can book around someone else's schedule or with my schedule, but, but I would say I look on Sunday and I kind of map out the week from there, what I do have available. And then the priorities, you have to treat your priorities like a job, because for me, the priorities are obviously work mission first, factoring in those meetings, knowing what's upcoming, knowing your deadlines for the Navy, being there for your sailors, like that's always going to be number one. But then for me, number two is things like, you know, modeling, podcasting, upcoming interviews, fitness. I factor in my workouts a week in advance. I know I'm like, all right, the only time I'm going to get a workout in next week is if I work out Friday morning at 7 a.m., That's it. Because I can't be the person that like wakes up and is like, Hmm, I wonder if I'm going to work get a workout in today. Like it's not going to happen. Like I need to know a week in advance and block that timeout. So definitely treat all of those things like a job and be like really strict about it because if it's a priority to you, you'll make time. Just like you carve out time for your passions, carve out time for your job. But I think that has helped me the most with time management. On to the next thing. So I love this topic. You brought up this topic when we were on a call before and, you know, I probably wouldn't have thought of it first. So I'm happy you mentioned it. But when we mentioned, you know, tips for balancing hobbies while serving active duty, I feel like this is not just a tip, but it's like a gut check. You said integrity. And I want you to expand on that a little bit because I think this is unique to... The military, honestly, like being in the Navy and having passions outside, like it's not, it's different. So, so tell us a little bit why like integrity is important.
1: So it's important to me because at the root of us as human beings, I feel like we all have this moral compass that will either dictate where you're going, you're doing right or you're doing wrong, right? So for me, as long as I stay ethically based, right? Because one, I'm a naval officer balancing this professional acting. I have to ensure that I'm still upholding my Navy core values. I'm still being honorable. I'm still being courageous and committed to the mission of the Navy and our sailors. So it's critical that we stay above reproach by being ethically based. And for me in the acting industry, well, in the entertainment industry, I might get roles pitched to me that I really want to do. Right. But then I have to also think back like, okay, is this a good reflection of me as a Naval officer? Because ultimately me and you, Kel, we are ambassadors. We are Navy ambassadors and we represent more than just ourselves. So It's important that I take a moment to see if these roles are ethically based. Of course, you know, I'm not going to be able to do all the roles that aren't within the lines of integrity or morality, right? And there's some really great scripts out there, but it's our job, it's our responsibility to be honorable, patriotic uphold the highest standards of both professional and personal conduct. So it's our job to set the tone. We set the tone. So as long as we are ethically based, that's going to resonate and that's going to snowball down to our sailors, Marines, and the civilians that we work with.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love that. That's so why I thought that was so powerful because I think I started doing that gut check within these last few years without even realizing it. And deep down, like that gut check was because the Navy is so instilled in my core values and who I am and my representation. I think like the ownership of being an officer and being a leader, like when you truly own it, you own it in every respect of your being and whatever you're doing and pursuing. And it's not something that you just hang up a uniform and you're done at five or, you know, you drive home and you're done for the day. Like, I always think about even whatever I post online, like, is this a good reflection to my sailors? My sailors follow me on social media. The brand, it's beautiful. And it has been very sexual in the past. And it's changed very much to a very empowered brand. But I, you know, I'm cautious because as a naval officer, I can't just shoot and model aloof. Like, I need to be very calculated about the... What I'm representing, and I still want to represent the Navy as a classy and tasteful Naval officer and woman. And at the end of the day, I feel like that's who we are. Like we are classy and tasteful women. But there's that extra added element to it, like as a Naval officer and as a member of the Navy, you want to be that strong representation. You know, you got to take it the extra step because you're not just Kelly and you're not just Arabia. You're still U.S. Navy, comma, U.S. Navy next to that name. And, you know, that's always going to take it an extra step whether you like it or not. So having that gut check is so, so huge. I love that fact. That's so important. It is. It truly is. So finally, and this might be, beside. I mean, integrity is huge, but this might be one of the most powerful pieces of advice to give because I know you guys can't see Arabia, but she's fist pumping over there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So our final piece, we're just, I'm just going to reveal it to you guys on tips for balancing hobbies while active duty is performance. And maybe that sounds like a no brainer, but you know, just today our chief recruiter mentioned performance, and he was like, you know, if you're a top performer you're not going to be getting calls from me where I'm screaming your head off and complaining, you you know, about X, Y, and Z. I'm going to be like, keep doing your thing. And I'm like thinking that's true in all aspects of life. I mean, I started modeling and doing pageantry when I reported to recruiting, but simultaneously I was crushing it as a recruiter so no one ever thought twice about me participating in miss ohio usa or modeling never once did i get a phone call from my commanding officer saying you don't have time to be participating in those extra things because you're not performing here and that's because your performance comes first so everybody i know that you feel passionate about this topic <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do. Probably too passionate, Co. So, no, that's okay. Let it loose. I want to hear it. <laughs> so, performance and engagement really, I feel like they're synonymous in the Navy, in the civilian sector. So, in order to perform, you have to be engaged in some type of action that's leading to a outcome. So you want an effective and an efficient outcome. So for me, as long as I'm able to sustain superior performance, which is one of like the main key tones or words that the Navy uses so that they can continue to promote you throughout the Navy, right? As long as I'm able to sustain that, then I put myself above reproach, right? So I put myself in a position where my organization is rooting for me to win because they're like, wow, how does she do it? She's doing great at work and then she's doing great on film. So they want you to win. And, you know, an example of engagement would be like when I started this, what, two and a half years ago, I was the flag aide. So for those who don't know, that's like the executive assistant to a boss, right? Or to a CEO of a corporation. And I was killing it being his aide. Like you have to schedule all his events. You have to read over his scripts, his speeches. You have to organize all his travel. You have to weed out and filter who's going to actually see him. So it's pretty tedious. And I was working from literally 6 a.m to 6 p.m., and I was finding time to still do acting classes and still record self-tapes to submit. But once I finally hit, once Mayflower finally was released, I was still above reproach, right? So it was more so like, wow, how does she do it? How does she find the time? It was because I was performing in my job to where everybody was more so along the lines of supporting me because i had contributed to the organization so that contribution to the organization is what puts you above and not to say because i don't like to be competitive with like my wardroom or your fellow officers or sailors but it allows you to have some wiggle room so like if you do make a mistake at work they just know hey well they're always engaged they're always performing and everybody makes mistakes. They're more likely to say that if you've been consistently performing, whether than if you were not performing and you make a mistake, they're just going to say, oh, well, clearly he's too busy doing X, Y, Z. That's why he was unable to. But that's what I say. So you perform, you stay engaged, you go to that dang Christmas party, you respond to that email at 1,600 at night just to show that despite you pursuing your other hobbies and your other passions, you're still engaged in the organization.
0: Absolutely. I think there is a mental shift whenever you are a top performer where it doesn't become a frustration. It becomes an inspiration to the members of your command or to other sailors. I think like you and I, people like us who are, you know, we have platforms. We're sharing what we're doing on social media. We are under the microscope. Whenever you have a passion, I heard this quote. It was like the number one non-supporter of veterans is veterans. I heard that quote. <laughs> so true. And I was like, that is honestly so true because like <laughs> the only people that are really cheering against you are like other people in the military, I know. And it, usually the first thing they're going to comment on is performance. They're going to be like, oh, she probably doesn't do that well, though. She probably doesn't do her job that well, though. She's probably a terrible officer. And I think nothing is more satisfying than deep down one, knowing your intention and knowing that you are because of the same thing. I mean, I was still finding my footing very much as an officer when, or as a department head when I reported to recruiting and I was fortunate enough to do pageantry and Recruit at the same time simultaneously and excel at both, which is great because of their similarities. But coming here as an OIC, now I always constantly remind myself, like, this is what I'm here for. Those 56 sailors are what I'm here for, and they still come number one. And, you know, my skipper knows that, my exo knows that, but never once would I ever want it to come out of their mouths. Like, she's too busy with. X or Y or pageantry or modeling or podcasting. Like, that's why she's not performing. I would never ever want that to be the case. And so don't even let that like ever be a thought in people's minds. Like, you have, if this really should have been number one, the number one tip to do a passion is to already be killing it in the military. Dang. (laughs) Like, we we really should have opened with that, if I'm being honest. Because It's like specialized jobs or positions or schools or whatever in the military. You're like, oh, I would really love to be a PAO. I want to do that. How do I get there? Well, you're not just going to walk into it. Like you have to work really hard. You have to get recommendations. You have to kill it at the job you're already doing. And it's the same thing with passions, even though you don't need, always need the military's permission to go play, I don't know, a zucchini in a play. (gasps) (laughs) But eventually, you never know what that might lead to, as we mentioned before. So you do need to have that sustained superior performance consistently across the board. The effort and needs to be there all the time. And so if there ever is a scenario where it comes in question, which it shouldn't, but you have that proof that you are doing your job and My best friend, Jackie, she, I think it was like a year ago. I had like a comment on Instagram about doing Miss California or Miss Ohio or something like that. And it was actually from enlisted sailor. And it was like, I feel bad for all of your sailors because you are so busy like doing Miss Ohio. There's no way you could give them the attention they deserve or something like that, like something along those lines. And I was like whoa like geez and at the time i was working as a solely a medical recruiter and so jackie just chimed in team jackie's just like Poof. love so her in. and she's just <laughs> like excuse me she's like kelly is on the way to be medical recruiter of the year she's recruited more medical students than anyone has in the navy she oh just my like that in there See? and of course like he didn't say anything back but like it was just so satisfying because i'm like you know what You can say whatever you want to say. I am doing the job that I am assigned to, like, and I'm killing it because that's the point. And you can be proud of that. Like you can lay your head on your pillow knowing that, you know, with clear communication to your chain of command, with support from your family, with good time management, with the sustained superior performance, there's really no reason not to pursue your passions outside the military. There really isn't. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. And it gets better with time. <laughs> I feel like after a while, you're like, all right, I'm used to having my hand in seven different pots. That's cool. Yeah, I do a lot. But but it really does make you better. And it is possible. So Arabia, any parting words? Actually, I do have one more question for you before we have your parting words. And it's what do you think is most misunderstood about having passions while serving
1: active duty? I'm happy that was my last question because Kelly, you literally dropped the mic on that list. <laughs> you literally dropped the mic. But what is most misunderstood is that you can't be successful in both. You have to work hard. It sure as heck ain't going to be easy, but... People want you to win. So just step out on faith and just do it.
0: I love that. People do want you to win. It's so true. <laughs> like, I love everything you're up to. What did you just recently post about? I
1: saw you like your feature or whatever. Ugh, crazy. One of my goals, because as you know, Kelly... California, SoCal is really big on casinos. So one of my goals for this year was to book a major casino commercial. And I did. So oh. I booked the Viejas. Yeah, it's so small. It was a small little goal, but I was like, I cannot be in acting here in San Diego and not book a casino (laughs) that is so exciting your pictures look so awesome i'm so excited
0: for you well real (laughs) quick where can our uh, listeners find you for any mentorship or navy thoughts or whatever they need from our arabia
1: Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at Arabia Essence. You can find me now on Facebook with a Facebook group. It's called Behind the Scenes with Arabia Essence. And that's like the inside look into what's going on behind the scenes as I balance the military and my multi passions. And then I also have a fan page. Fan page is Arabia Essence on Facebook. A
0: fan page. I'm just so pumped for you. This is just the beginning. I just know it is. This is the beginning. And like, don't get too big for the military because we still need you in the Navy. Just spearhead this movement for us. We need you. But I'm so, so proud to call you a friend and cheer you on. You're seriously so bright and so smart and now you're going to be just this actress. Casino you know, commercial and you're just on your way. I'm so proud to know you. Thanks so much Arabia. Oh, I'm
1: so proud to know you too. Absolutely Kelly. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye, bye honey.
0: Hey, 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 welcome to the first installment of Questions with Kelly. I wanted to add these to the end of every episode because I get so many amazing questions from you guys, and this is probably the best place to put it at the end of my episode. So tune in to hear the answers to your questions. These are coming straight from you guys off Instagram. So if you have a question, tune in at Kelly Renee Hall or at misunderstood.podcast. Shoot me a DM or tune in to my question box. I'll throw it in there from time to time on my story or take a screenshot of my episode Throw a question on there. I pull them all the time and I'm going to be answering them. So I'm going to grab a few here and now. So, inside scoop on being a pet owner. That's the first question. I say inside scoop. Yes, it's as amazing as it seems. You have a furry little buddy that just loves you unconditionally. Dale literally loves me and I love him so much. I feel like he's a kid. But something you don't realize is that you really don't sleep quite as much. Like you really won't. I don't sleep that much. And I know parents out there are like rolling their eyes at me, but I got him in April and then spent two months potty training him. And so he would wake up at a, at least like 2.30, 3 o'clock at night. And then he would wake up at least like 6 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. Well, over time, he got better and he started sleeping through the night, but he still wakes up at like 6 a.m. to pee. So I still wake up like every day at 6 a.m. So was say he's sleeping. So that's been amazing, <laughs> like having him as uh, my little cuddle buddy, but I haven't slept since April. So that's super sick. Love you, Dale, but you're a lot of work. Next up, very simple steps to starting my own podcast. Well, I knew nothing about podcasting. Zilch. This was very unfamiliar territory for me. I'd say the first thing to start doing is just writing down all the possible topics you'd want to address because that's going to start cultivating your brand and what your podcast would be about. Just the idea for a podcast is like the hardest part. So for me, I started brainstorming, thinking about the topics. I knew I wanted it to be personal development. So that was step number one. Number two is equipment. I attached myself to a mentor, Eric Jacobson. He is from Hatch. So if you are interested, use Hatch.fm. They are an unlimited podcast editing company. He was just a know-all when it came to podcasting. So he helped get me started with the right equipment. I found a Q2U microphone off Amazon. 80 bucks, boom, that's what got me started. That's what I still use today. And then the app that I originally used was Anchor. Now I use a few other apps, but that from the, from the get-go is what got me started. And I tell you, like, I was building the plan as I flew it, but just start speaking. And then, like, if you speak, people will come, and they will listen, and you'll be blown away by your audience. So thanks, guys, so much for tuning in. All right, next things. Your favorite restaurant in Columbus – For food or cocktails. Oh, I miss Columbus so much. I'd say my favorite of all time was probably Forno. I missed the pasta Forno with salmon. It was so good, but I really didn't have that many like hidden gems or secrets. I loved Lincoln Social. I loved anything in short North. Austin and I also loved like German village area. We went to that area a lot. So pretty much the basics. I feel like Columbus didn't really, it's not like Los Angeles where there's like 500 restaurants in a two block radius. Columbus didn't have like quite as many hidden gems as there are here. And my last question of the day is how do I manage my time? The million dollar question. To be honest, I don't have a magical answer for you guys. It's for me all about priority. And I really just make like, what's most important to me, the priority that number one is, you know, my my job, my mission, U.S. Navy, so I've got to put that on my meetings, my sailors, everything Navy, number one, that's the first thing that goes into my calendar. Anything personal with Austin, with Dale, his appointment, like things like that that I obviously want to make time for, that's number two. That's not saying Austin's number two. That's just the second thing that goes into my calendar. Any dates we want to have, any time we want to spend together, carving that into my schedule, we literally have to carve that into our schedule. So if we want to have time alone or whatever it is, like I factor that into my schedule as well. I treat podcasting like a job, setting aside time to record, things like that. So I'd say like sitting down and carving out what matters to you. And I live by my Google calendar. I do that with workouts. I schedule my workouts a week in advance. I schedule my podcasting a week in advance. I know appointments, things like that, a week in advance. I pretty much always know my schedule about a week in advance. And that's just to help balance it all. you know. And it's not to be one of those people where I overbook myself. It's just when you're a busy person, that's what you got to make time for. So a lot of people use planners. I just happen to use my Google calendar because I always have my phone on me and I block out the time where it's necessary. And I have that open communication with my partner. Austin knows I have certain nights where I'm podcasting. I have certain times where I need to schedule time with friends or if so- certain like self-care evenings where I need to just unwind and spend time alone with Dale. Um, but that is what I have found to help me manage my time. The best is prioritizing and scheduling all of that in advance. So hope you guys loved your first installment of questions with Kelly. Like I mentioned, feel free to shoot DMS screenshot comments, questions, anything my way. And hopefully your question will be featured next week. We'll see. Thanks guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys, and I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram, and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you loved, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify.